Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com, over on the SB Nation Network. And back together again, we, we got all three of the laddies tonight. Jude Seymour, senior editor, and Brendan McElindon, the chief inspector. Fellows, we're 6-0. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm sitting here wondering if Penn State can go to 0 2 and still be ranked after this game. Uh, you know, it's no shame in losing to uh, Ohio State, but uh, you know, at some point you do have to actually win football games, right? I, I think that's how that works. Uh, I, I can I don't know how the AP poll actually works after last year. So uh, I want to know if uh, Brendan's going to publicly apologize about uh, his uh, his comments uh, about Ritter. Cincinnati I may I may have slandered. Desmond Ritter, but I'm not here to talk about <laughs> my foibles and the things that I did wrong and all of my erroneous prognostication. I'm just here to pour on out for all of the national media and local media in my area writers um, with the proclamation that once again, Michigan was in fact <laughs> back. Uh, it, it may have been, it may it's, have been Jim Harbaugh's best team yet. He finally got his quarterback. And then we Brennan, is, is Jim Parbar finally ready to turn the corner with Michigan football? I think he is. <laughs> and then he lost to the team that lost to Rutgers. And as you know, as a podcast, we subscribe very heavily to the transitive property. Um, <laughs> that's Michigan's second loss to Rutgers. My God. It's a, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it was a wild, wild ass day. Oh, uh, so great. So we're gonna we are going to get into Notre Dame's 31-13 victory over Georgia Tech on the road. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to remind everybody: please get your butts over to Apple Podcasts, smash that subscribe button, write a review, give us a rating. We are looking for five stars because we we are a five star program. All right, we ain't, we're not fucking around uh, with you know developmental projects. Uh, we are really. Uh, we want we want your five stars. Bring it on over. Leave us a review. Whatever you do, uh, leave. I will read on the next OFD podcast. I don't have any tonight, and that's fine. We we skipped a podcast last week, so maybe uh, maybe some people are mad at us. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, shit just got real for all for all three of us uh, family <laughs> lives and Jude's professional life. Jude hasn't <laughs> responded back to a message of mine in two weeks. So, if it's so in consolation, I haven't responded back to anybody's message in two yes, weeks. Yeah, so so you are not alone. We are, just, we are just running wild here, okay? So, uh, but uh, fortunately, we we were able to get together tonight, all three of us, and, and get our, our our quick hot takes. On, uh, I, I'm going to say it, guys. I think this will go down as the most unmemorable game of the 2020 season for Notre Dame. I think this is, we'll forget about this more, way more easily than at least Notre Dame, Louisville. Like there's a story after that because of how ridiculous it was. Right. The the 12 seven was definitely a story. So Duke was a season opener. Those are always kind of imprinted in your mind for some reason. It was the first away game. Right. Yeah. South Florida was a huge blowout. I mean, it was a 52 nothing shutout. You'll, you you have that in your, this, we're going to forget about this. I mean, probably tomorrow, uh, which is fine because according to everybody on Twitter and every, I mean, really everywhere, uh, there, there was only one game this season anyways, uh, and that'll be played next week. Uh, 
which we will get to at some point. But I do want to talk about this game because and we can act, we we absolutely can without a whole lot of shit. We can look at this game I through a Clemson lens uh, because it's now Clemson the week before. <laughs> So it's okay. Like it's, it's legit. Okay. To, to do that now, instead of like just being overly, uh, I don't even know the word, just overly anxious, uh, to just talk, to do the one thing this season. I, I don't know. I don't get it. So, so what does next guess, week's Clemson game mean for the December 19th ACC title Clemson game? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So let me just get, I guess, right, right for the jump here. Uh, Jude, let me get, start with you and then go to Brendan just your your first quick hot takes about uh about today's game so my first impression was when they moved so methodically on that first drive and book was seven for seven and they literally marched down the field and it was like guys were running backs were getting to you know outside the lanes pretty quickly without being touched or without having to maneuver that much and I thought this is going to be fun um, you know, we're going to put up some points today. It's going to be, a you know, soul sucking endeavor for, for Georgia tech and Notre Dame has continued to do this thing where they're not allowing their opponents to have the ball in the first quarter of any game. And I'm kind of very I'm neat, like, I'm, I'm here for that, you know, because I think that's, it's kind of tough to, to get through a quarter of action and maybe you're only up seven, nothing or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I think at the beginning of the second quarter, they were knocking on the door for 14, nothing. Obviously we know what happened there, but, um, even after that fumble, I, there was no panic in me. There was just, there was a, there was, especially in the second drive, it was like Georgia tech does not have the the personnel to stop Notre Dame on offense. And so this is going to be a Notre Dame only shoots itself in the foot. Um, you know, idea of stopping before 50 sort of idea. Brendan, did you feel the same yeah. way? Yeah, I mean, my overall takeaway from the game was that both as a fan and really in watching the game, and I think the, you could see it in the players, too, sort of from the after the answer to the fumble return touchdown. We all just everybody's just kind of, it just felt like a game where everyone was just going through the motions. Um, nobody really there was no the definitive play of the game was that fumble return and i guess you could say perhaps uh books touchdown to joe wilkins jr uh was pretty iconic but i mean the longest play was 34 yards the longest run uh tyree and flemister both had some 21 yard rushes that just everything sort of looked okay um i I do one thing that when when you said the the long drive and what I like about that is I sure I'm going to like drives like that to keep the ball out of um, other teams' hands like a Clemson or potentially uh, college football opponents if Notre Dame can be so lucky to get there keeping it out of a uh, you know out of Fields hands or um, you know Mac Jones hands if Notre Dame is lucky enough to get there. Brendan, That's I the feel like, I, Brendan, I feel like you're dodging saying the name of Clemson's quarterback. Is it? Would that be fair? Uh, it's just no. DJ. It's DJ. <laughs> no, it's not DJ because Booger McFarland today uh, set the precedent for everyone else. It's um, DJU. DJU. Okay. Okay. Great. I, I, I'll give it down with that. I mean, we, we do MTA, so I suppose that fine. That, that works. Yeah, I'm not. I'm DJU. not gonna. I'm not gonna fuck around and but I keep butchering the the kid's name. That's disrespectful. <laughs> 
but I'm too lazy. Oh, I'm too lazy oh, to sit there says and the man who says Jerkovic every five seconds. Okay, sure. Because that's his fucking name. That's his fucking name. <laughs> You got very upset today at the broadcast for them pronouncing Adeogan, not pronouncing Adeogandeji. So, um, you know, yeah. because his mother, because I know his mother heard that or is going to hear that, is going to be pretty pissed off. Phil's mom his mother does not want him to be called that. You know, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm it's, biased. It's got to be. I'm sorry if I'm biased hard. towards our players. It's got to be hard calling a game that's based in Atlanta when you're sitting in Arizona. I mean, I just, I, I don't even know how you do that. You know, yeah, you have my, father. My, my favorite was the play where the cameraman got fooled. And therefore the announcers had no idea how that play had developed. They were just like, and here's my thing. They don't I, even get an all yes. 22. You can't give them an all 22 on that. You know, that's crazy. I guess if someone's going to pay me a full salary and that's my just job, just in my, just in my do, study. Yeah. Well, my job is to like say names. I think during the week I would have a fucking clue about how to say the name of a captain on the team. Now, if this was a freshman bench warmer coming in, I could understand it. It's a fucking starter and captain and you're going to and a player and you're going to butcher your name like that. Are you kidding me? I mean, I expect a lot more from Dave, but I, I, I don't know. That's, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a performance that bad in pronunciation since Paul Burmeister called the 2018 spring game. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was 17. What was the year? He was like equanimous. <laughs> Must have been 16. It would have had to have been uh, yeah. 16 or 17. Left it under 16, 16 right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I this game to me, I don't know. Maybe everything, uh, maybe a lot of things just seem strange to me always. But this game was just a strange game. I mean, Book was was hitting the softballs, right? Like he, he was he was getting them. He he did miss that that easy layup to Tommy Tremble, which would have been a touchdown for sure. Um, but it, it was just a lot of strange coming and goings. But I think above all else is like I I really don't understand how you can look at this game and everything else has gone on through the season and not like. The, the Notre Dame's defense is dismissed so easily, like yeah. with a simple wave of the hand. Like I, I mean, I, I know it's just Mark Sanchez and who gives a fuck about butt fumble, man. But like saying that Clemson's still going to win big, like have you been paying attention to Notre Dame's? De- no, you haven't been paying attention to Notre Dame. Nobody has. It's like they're so good. It's and like how many points have been scored against Notre Dame this year that absolutely were not the defense's fault or put in a terrible position. You know, it's just it, it's mind boggling to me how well they play. And, you know, and that's that shit there at the end of the fourth quarter. Kelly just put it. They put in backups too too soon or maybe I mean, they were, or just fine. It was just fine when they put him in. I'm yeah. not complaining. I mean, so so they get a few they get some yards on some on some second streamers. It is what it is. This defense is outstanding. Uh, but a couple other things that stood out is I, I still really love Kyron Williams. Uh, and I love the fact that, you know, not that, you know, how strange was it that both Clemson and Notre Dame had 90 yard fumble returns for yeah. touchdowns against them today from their that's, star running backs too. That's fucking what? Yeah. They're, that's fucking wild. Um, I, but I did love Javon McKinley today. Uh, I great. thought that was, I thought that was really important. I wanted to ask Kelly about, about it, um, after the game, but someone had already kind of brought it up. Uh, usually it's John Finneran with the uh, AP. He asked Kelly like 20 questions in one, uh, but <laughs> ah, the old 20 I, part question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, but Ooh, I did nice think it was catch. important to find another. Um, you know, we've we've seen McKinley do some good things this year. Ben Skronik st- st- stepped up last week. Without Lindsey, without Austin, moving forward, not just the Clemson game, but moving forward throughout the season, you want to you want to know that you have targets, you have you know weapons. And I get from what I saw from McKinley today, especially, uh, I really enjoy that. <laughs> I mean, he had some yak. Uh, what well, you know, it just wasn't. He he uses big body and, and came down with some balls, but he he had some yak. Well, he he's got. We saw it gets pit. He's got excellent burst. So between McKinley and Skoranek, you have these big wideouts, and I, I think that we're not giving them enough credit, especially when I look at other like Michael Felder really. What he t- when he talked about Notre Dame last week with their monster wide receivers, and I'm like, yeah, man, let's maybe we should maybe we need to flip this whole script instead of like banking on you know a speedster like Lindsey or whatever Kevin Austin was going to be, just know that we have these monsters and we can use them. And and I know his stats weren't great, but you know Davis had a good game today too. I, I mean his too. stats were great because but he got let on the dry on a couple of them. Uh, and I, I thought he looked really good. So, uh, I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm very curious. Up, he definitely sets up for that, for that, <laughs> that wide receiver pass. <laughs> I'm very, I was going to say, I'm very curious about what the blocking was supposed to be on that, that play that got blown up. So spectacular was there was that little flip pass and he got blown up for a five yard loss. I'm like, I'm not sure they're supposed to let a guy right, let go right there. <laughs> you know, right. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent I mean, sure. Georgia tech had 66 yards of offense at halftime. 66. That's it. They ended up, they ended up with uh, 238. huge chunk of that came in the fourth quarter. Um, and one other thing that stood out that, that, uh, that I did not like was the onside. Like we look really susceptible, uh, to well, Kyron Williams right in the chest. Yeah. We look really and susceptible. He exceeded uh, the line to get too, which so I wasn't a huge fan. Of. I think, I think Greg kind of nailed it with his tweet today. Greg friend of the pod, unofficial fourth member of this podcast from UHND, he said, Kyron Williams, 100 total yards, two touchdowns, a fumble that's returned for a touchdown, a botch onside kick recovery. It seems like every game, whatever happens, Kyron is in it. And I, yeah. you know, like there was a shot that they did. I think it was like a replay where the, you know, the guys recover and Kyron is just like bent over thinking like, why fucking me? You know what I mean? Like if this was chip long, like he would like, we, he, I don't care if he was number one, he would like just never play again. Right. Like, he would have been gone. So like, obviously uh, I think Kelly said after the game, what he told Kyron after the fumble was like, we trust you, like you're our guy or whatever. And that's exactly what you need. You need to come back. You need to feed the guy, the ball. He felt so vindicated after that. He got, I think it was a two yard touchdown run that came right pretty pretty quickly after that, after a big Tyree run. Um, You know, I think Kyrie should feel pretty good about his performance, but damn, like you can't, and I'm going to do this and I hope it doesn't piss you off. You cannot give Clemson free passes. It just won't, it, you, you can't survive that. You won't survive that. No. So it's just like, you got to clean up this shit. And like, it's it just so frustrating that this onside kick has now worked twice um, this year. And you can say, okay, well the first one was illegal or whatever. That's fine. But at the same time, on the, the one still against, saw it, right? Yeah. The we one against Louisville. It. Bo Bauer was already cheating back before the ball got kicked. So like, and not only that, but we saw it last year with Virginia and with Virginia. Like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's not just this year. It's, it's like a, a thing. It's trendy. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a thing. thing. So well, uh, speaking of free you know passes, hey. why wasn't, did, 
I mean, on the fir- on that first drive that was methodical and almost perfect in nature, Book hits Mayer twice, and it looks like he's utilizing his tight ends, and it it, it just that component of the game after that first drive. He only targeted Mayer twice the rest of the game. There was an incomplete pass. I think it was in the um, second quarter. And then he didn't throw to Michael Mayer again until the fourth quarter. Right. So I, I was I was a little bit miffed that I think that there was there was something there with Mayer. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand why. Well, I mean, um, there wasn't a lot of plays to go around. I mean, there was only 62 plays. Uh, on offense for Notre Dame today, sixty-four um, uh, Georgia Tech. But having said that, I think this gets back to s- s- the kind of the complaint that we've made in previous podcasts about book sort of starts off the the snap the pre-snap read with a guy that he wants to go to, and then unless the play breaks down, he really never gets off that dude. So if it's McKinley, right. it doesn't matter that ma- the mayor is open. You know what I mean? Or the Tremble might be streaking down the center, like. I, I I thought the same as you, Brendan. I was like, oh, this is just a continuation because I thought Mayer was the kind of standout uh, from the Pittsburgh game. And I thought, oh, this is just a continuation of last week. They they found something that really works for them here with this kind of like six yard. And then Mayer kind of, you know, maybe gets the last three or four, um, you know, kind of route thing. And it totally happened in the first drive. And then it just it was like it was almost like he wasn't playing for the rest of the game. Well, if you think you know? that's for. I, I mean, I have some other frustrations to get out. So I guess at halftime, I'm thinking Notre Dame is well on their way to getting a hundred yard game for both Kyron and, and, and Tyree. Yeah. I mean, at halftime, Ty, Tyree had four carries for 46 yards and Williams had nine for 54. Now Williams ended up with six more carries and got, you know, just 76 yards. But Tyree only got one more carry the rest of the game. One more. That was it. And that was surprising. Now, I know the trend over the last few weeks has been to give the ball to, to Sebo because he runs like a fucking freight train. His That's vision one is way not, of putting it. He's, I would say yeah, he's, he plods like yeah, a plodding uh, is tractor. Good. Uh, that's like, behind you on, uh, but he runs hard. I, I definitely uh, like watching Kyron and Tyree run much more than I like Sebo watching Sebo run. It's, there, it's a little bit more. A, yeah, there is a beautiful, like they're like gazelles and he's more like, uh, what is he? I don't, I, yeah, it's plotting. That's a we good word. We get upset when we watch Chris Tyree get tripped up and get, you know, one or two yards on a run. And we're like, Oh, he's got sort of that Armando Allen get tripped up things. And then I watched right. Sebo Flemister for an entire quarter of football, basically run directly in the, into the back of people or into tacklers <laughs> arms. And I'm supposed to be excited about his 3.9 yards per carry. Like it's, it's some great feed. He had 58 yards, 21 of which came on a singular carry. I think I've seen enough in the fourth quarter. Maybe you should let the freshman see what he can do and have a little bit of volume instead of just letting. I think, well, I think, maybe, I think maybe in this game, they were really in the fourth quarter. I think in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame was done. Well, I mean, so let your freshman done. running back not, get some volume. Well, no, I see. Still, I, I guess I'm going to agree with Josh, but maybe for a different reason, which is that I well, want him a as, as fresh as possible for the next right. game. He's right. Still a one B. I mean, Kyron Williams is a starter, hands down, but Tyree yeah. is really a one B in, in a lot of ways. So 
just making sure, because look, we're not fools. Everybody knows about what's coming next. And I think just making sure he's healthy and that, you know, he's ready to go. I, and I, I, and I don't know about Brendan, fresh legs, but just like not getting hurt is a good, was, is a good thing. Brandon, were you critical of Kelly for keeping Lindsay in, in the fourth quarter of, of last week's game? Was I critical? No, no, I was not okay. critical of Lindsay. Lindsay needed to get work. Yeah, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't okay. either. I, 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 I was, I, I couldn't, re- I Lindsay. couldn't remember if you, if you guys had, had said, what the hell is he doing in there or whatever? No, I had, no, I had no problem with that. Yeah, I, I was like, if he, if he didn't do it, then he was going to do it today. That hamstring yeah. is just not in good shape. And what, and when it's like that, it's, we're talking weeks and months of when he tries to kick it into that next gear, you're just, it's never, never going to work. The coin flip, nothing's going to rip. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it, it did then. If it wasn't, the, if it didn't do it last week, it was going to be this week. I guarantee it. Um, it was a non, I have that, I have that kind of psychic vision. Uh, I'll tell you what though. Three weeks in a row, Notre Dame ended up with the football on a, about two weeks prior. It was a seven minute plus drive this week. Right. Last drive was only a little over five minutes. Five forty nine, I think uh, it was, or something like that. Yeah. Five thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty eight. That's pretty yeah. incredible. I mean, when the boys in the desert with the ball, real upset. And the, yeah. but all three of those. I. All three of those ended up in the red zone, which counts against your red sco- yeah. <laughs> your red zone scoring. Did you see pushing The boys in the desert were trying to will Ian Book pushing Sebo Flemister into the end zone because they didn't cover the spread. Uh, no. <laughs> but they let him run it and uh, he got stuffed at the or I didn't he didn't really get stuffed, but he got stopped at the one and uh Ian Book tried to give his own uh, what Speaking of that, Brent, I was what shocked we, that they even tried what did we that. Take, what did we take the game at? Did we take it at 17 or something higher? Oh, we were uh, the spread. It was a 20. Yeah. Oh, is it 20? Okay. Yeah, it was it so, 20? Yeah. We got screwed. All right, because I think earlier, early in the week, was it ever below 20? I thought it was for some reason. Um, I, I think it might have dipped, uh, and then it jumped up. Yeah. Anyways, I, I the other thing I was thinking was if if Book leads McKinley on that kind of scramble drill play that they did where McKinley broke off the the nice yak, uh, he's going he might get the whole he might get the whole thing because McKinley had to kind of reach back across his body. Yeah. It was a, the right. ball was a little bit behind him, and again, like Book is scrambling, so I don't know how much to criticize him on this, but like it just this is a thing I see a lot is that if if he puts the ball where it should be. I think his receivers are, are going to be doing a lot better. And a lot of times they're slowing down or, you know, pivoting in a weird way to, to get the ball because it's not, it's not being pointed. It, it's not being aimed in the right or spotted in the right place. Um, and that's what I noticed about that. That one play was like, it was a huge game. It was fun. And, 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 and I, I thought to be honest with you, I think McKinley got was the one who got criticized last week for not hustling uh, on the, the throwback play. But I thought yeah. that, I thought that this was a, well that, that guy. he should have never got criticized for that. That's right. Exactly. But I, but, what I, but I think this kind of pro- further proves like he was working to get open. You know what I mean? He knew he knew where he had to be to get himself to break free, to have book in front of, you know, to have book see him. And he, and he did it. So I, I thought it was a great, I, I thought it was great situation, situational awareness by Javon McKinley. A couple of uh, offensive outliers here today too. Uh, Brock Wright was involved in the passing game, <laughs> caught one ball for 11 yards. 
Uh, so it's nice to see Brock uh, still involved there. But uh, then Joe Wilkins got himself his first touchdown uh, uh, of his career after years of uh, him being like almost there or so, whatever. Possibly a cornerback, it, sometimes a wide receiver, sometimes yeah. listed as a cornerback slash wide receiver. Yeah, he's a he is a favorite mention of some media members uh, as a, as a guy who could possibly contribute. But that was all he did today. I think Joe Wilkins coming into today had more human interest stories uh, written about him than he had actual catches. So, oh, um, for sure. You yeah. know, it was so, super, yeah, super what, nice to see him in the end zone. Yeah, his eight-yard catch did, basically matched his career is, catch total. This is pretty silly to me. Maybe this is like a fantasy background thing or whatever. But when Chris Tyree runs down to the two-yard line, like, don't you want Chris Tyree to get the absolute next snap to see if he can get in the end zone? Like, don't you think if after you rip off like twenty-three yards, like you should be allowed to get the next two for the touchdown? Or as a as a fantasy uh, football owner who may or may not have owned uh, uh, Devontae Foreman. Yes, I want. I, I don't want vultures stealing touchdowns. <laughs> it just always. It, it, it's like Chris Tyree did all the hard work, and 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 it was a great play because he 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 looked like he was going to be out in about the six, and then he just barreled the dude at the end, which was cool. Um, and so he's down at the two, and then he runs off the field, and I'm like, no, feed him. I want to. I want him to get two more yards. Uh, but the so, Tyree, and it, 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 you know, did a good job. So. So speaking of wide receivers, in a way, uh, <laughs> after Jordan all that running back I mean, we brought, we, well, we started on receivers. Yeah. Joe Wilkins. Jordan Johnson was a name that got brought up this weekend. And I think a lot of us were out there like, look, with Austin and Lindsay both out, the, you know, they're going to have to push uh, Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watts up. And Kelly said they brought him up to the varsity. But then he he. I mean, earlier this week, he gave kind of a caveat, like, you know, uh, so you kind of knew that maybe nothing was going to happen from it. Johnson did travel, uh, but he also saw no time today. Like, I, I, he didn't even get any special teams time uh, today. So, like, so Jordan Johnson's still his one game that he saw was uh, against South Florida, and South that was Florida, it. Yeah. So you, you have to think, and again, we're, we're allowed to do this now because it's the game, you know, we're in Clemson game week. How does that help you? How does not getting him in the game today help you next week? I mean, I, I just I understand what Notre Dame's offense is trying to do. I get it, and it's fine. But at the same time, you're down. You're down. A, you're down a couple of supposed playmakers. I mean, because we we're really not sure about Kevin Austin. Like we, we all we're all pretty sure about what he can be, but he never was. Uh, but you know, the possibility of, I guess is greater than the results, but I just don't, I don't get how Jordan Johnson doesn't get in that game today. And how many, how many catches and yards Chris Brown have in that two 2012 season before he caught that 50 yard or he didn't catch a 50 well, yard pass, but he, got, I, he, he, he had the, the, the play that went four fifty against Oklahoma here. Here's my thing about that. And I've seen that from several people. It's the hot, it's the hotness right now. It's the hotness, but here's my thing. Are, are we expecting a lot more from Jordan Johnson than Chris Brown? Sure are. I, mean, I was pretty excited when Chris Brown came to Notre Dame because he was a, you know, a track champion. Uh, like he's a triple chump champion. I mean, he's athletic as fuck, but he's still a, a, a 
borderline three-star kind of four-star player. Jordan Johnson's a fucking five-star. This guy's got way more on his you know, potential than what coming in than what Chris Brown had. So if, if the, the golden lining from everybody is like, Oh, this, you know, it reminds me of this one catch Chris Brown had in one season. Like that doesn't do anything for me. Like I, I, that, that doesn't move the needle at all. In fact, if, or if it does, it's, it goes backwards. Like it, it's, it's taking What's away that? any kind of football, so, taking away any kind of football owner I have. I feel like we're going to have this argument for forever, right? Oh. Which is because we are, we aren't there at practice and we have no, no good visibility about what they're doing academically. Like we can only speculate about why Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watts aren't playing. Right. We can, we can only speculate. Like we know that they have talent. The coaches know that they have talent and we're wondering, we're second guessing the coaches because we we know that they can help us at a time that we need help, right? And so it's it's easy to to say why can't they play? And I'm almost thinking like I almost think it's more possible to see Jordan Johnson playing when we're down 21 in the third quarter against Clemson than to see Jordan Johnson play when we're up 7 or down 7 against Clemson in the fourth quarter. Like I just I don't know. I, I mean feel- I I'm I feel like on, the coaches I'm usually like, on like, that side, Jude. I'm usually the one like defending the, the coach's decision on that and using those same arguments. But at the same time, he was good. At, he's good enough for you to travel. This isn't just a homie. He's good enough for you to travel. So if, if you needed him in an emergency, he's there. So if he's good enough for that, then you better get him some fucking snaps because you know the Kelly and Kelly keeps saying it has nothing to do with this has nothing to do with talent or what he can, he can't do. I mean, this has been a a thing about academics and that usually means then they, they scale back during practice week. Well, you couldn't have scaled back this week because he's traveling with you. He's not on the scout team. Kelly literally said he's on the VAR. So he's running Notre Dame's place. He's practicing. I just, I, this is that, this is the part that will forever frustrate Notre Dame fans and again, usually I'm the one that's like rolling my eyeballs at everybody about it, but at the same, but I'm telling, I, but I'm there with them right now. Like I, I just, I saw no reason for him not to get snaps in this game. No, none, no reason at all. When you absolutely may need some of that, I get what could be dynamic play next week. Like, you need to see it. You need you need to you need to have a little bit more there. I uh, I don't know. I, what did we I, I get out of the exposition? What did we even get out of the X position in general? The X wide receiver position in general uh, today. I mean, Ben Skoranek had two targets, one catch, eight yards. That's it from the from the X. I mean, that's just well, not been a part of the offense. So I, I wanted to get I wanted to see him get reps. It, it kind of was like I wanted to see Brennan Clark get reps, right? Because I want Javon McKinley – at this point, I want Javon McKinley out there. I want Michael Mayer, and I need Tommy Trumbull. And then whoever you put out there as well, that's that's great. But there's three guys that I need to have as receiving options or at least blocking options because uh, that's kind of what they provide. But – yeah, I, 
I'm not sure if the X is really even. I mean, Benny Sko for for all of all the, the the hype last week was still just two catches. I mean, over the last right. two weeks, he's got three catches. So the the X position, the X receiver position, just is not something that's going to be or through half of the season has been a factor for Notre Dame. It's just been the Y, the slot, and then a bevy of tight ends. So he just doesn't have a he just doesn't have a position on the field that they're that they're they plan on using, right? I mean, that's what I mean. You're you're right. I mean, that's what it, that's what it looks like. I mean, it just everything seems really scaled back. And look, Josh, I see I see a point too about if 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 it was like a continuing academic issue, then they're not they're not bringing him on a on an away on a way trip, right? They're, they're going right. to say. Stay at home. Focus on your academics. This is your your quote unquote punishment, or this is what we need you to focus on, um, you know, while we're gone or whatever. Um, but they're not doing that. So I see your I absolutely see your point, which is like you're running out of things which that it could possibly be. Uh, there's no reason to bring him on a trip if you're not going to use him. He's he's available. He's he's not an emergency. He's not like he's the third quarterback or something like that. If you know the first two go down or something, it's just he's yeah, there. I'm, to, not, I'm not saying to, to do like, job. run him out and feature and feature him like in a no, I'm, but drive it, in the first quarter. But what you're saying is when the game was was there was no longer in doubt. Like why can't you th- run him for a series? I get it. I, mean, I don't even mind if he's in if it's in doubt. I mean, I just I just yeah exactly like just he needs a couple plays. He needs to yeah. be out there. Run, I mean it shouldn't be that hard to be able to put him out there for three or four plays. And that's like the bare minimum, like three or four plays sh- shouldn't be anything. Three uh, or four plays yeah. would ha- would be at least one more play, maybe two I mean, more I, plays that Kevin Austin's had this entire season. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, and I'm going off of like, that's what, what I'm saying. Notre Dame, though. Notre Dame has their participation charts, you know, out, and I didn't see Jordan Johnson marked down there. Cause I, I was thinking, well, shit, did I not, did I accidentally not see him during the game? And I haven't gone back and looked at the game yet, but you know, he's not on the participation chart. So he wasn't out there. So like, I don't know. I it's, it, Brutal. it's frustrating just to know that I, that this just, and I know it's not the case, but it seems like this is like a ND thing. Like just this, this doesn't feel like other places. Well, especially because last week you had such a crystal clear example of how a freshman can make the field and have an impact for his team. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't see Chris Tyree's low. I mean, Chris Tyree's out there in first quarters of football games. Michael Mayer's sure. out there on the opening drive, uh, having a considerable impact. And I would say, Michael I understand Mayer, the, I understand the uh, adjustment to college life and look, and, and, Someone someone else brought it up. It, it wasn't my original thought, but like the adjustment of college life, but also the adjustment of college life during the COVID era is got. I mean, that probably is is extremely taxing on someone. I mean, I could I honestly couldn't imagine being in college during something like this, anyways, and how you know, how that went down. So the adjustments there, but again, you didn't leave him at home. You brought him along with you. How you didn't give him a few plays is is absolutely. Fucking beyond me. Riley um, Mills is out there getting tackles. 
I, yeah. I don't. I guess. I guess when people when people bring up the college life and the adjustment to college life, and that and and they did it on a, on a, on another podcast where they were saying like, well, you don't understand Notre Dame if you can't understand why these players can't get onto the field. And then, well, then explain to me why two of the other top offensive players are able to get onto the field, and why I'm seeing Riley Mills getting onto the field, and why I'm able to see Alexander Ahrensberger getting sacks, in, not in this particular yeah, see, football game, but I, I do hate people. I do hate people yelling out about, they make these broad stroke uh, proclamations about Kelly, that he doesn't play freshman, which is absolutely fucking false. Absolutely not true, yeah. I feel absolutely like I'm false. getting gaslit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it, is the, it is the worst thing to say because it's absolutely not true but i think you could take like specific cases and right now we're we're spending a lot of time talking about one and jordan johnson but chris tyree's out there michael mayor the freshman clarence lewis there are clarence lewis he plays the freshman alexander Ernstberger played that is not riley mills played played. yeah it's just it's baffling to me that that they should go out there and tell us that you know you know, and so I, I mean, in a way, we 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 did a little bit of Kelly bashing there, and a little bit like, how do you not? But you know, at the same time, how does Jordan Johnson not make himself, that's, you know, more available? Yeah. That's that's so, also that's something I'm also curious about, which is, you know, go back to Ian Book's comments during the week, right? What's the point of saying that? And I, and I don't believe for a second he's trolling the fan base. I don't. I don't think Ian Book thinks like that. I think that he's he's trying to pump up a kid who he's seen flashes from, and he thinks could help his it could help him in his offense. And he's trying to you know ho- hoping to create a spark in the kid, right? And but at the same time, like it's it's authentic. He's not he's not lying about it. He's he's not just saying like let me this week I'm gonna. Speak about Jordan Johnson, who doesn't deserve it. I'm sure he deserves it. That's the frustrating thing, you know. It's like, and maybe he's a he's a he's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday guy, and he's not a Saturday guy, which is crazy because you don't know if he's a Saturday guy if you don't play him on Saturday, right? Right. I I don't know. Phil Jerkovic all over again. All right, we're gonna take a. That's a joke. That's a joke. You can laugh, people. Uh, we're going to take a, qu- a quick break uh, and come back. We're going we're gonna to wrap this game up um, and, and talk a little bit about Clemson. Uh, so stay with us. All right. Now, we look, I think I set the tone early when I said this is going to be one of the more forgettable games uh, of the season because there really isn't a whole lot to talk about this game. There's just, there was a few moments uh, there's a few things to pluck out. And so, I mean, is there, I don't know. Is there anything more we really want to touch on this game? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan said, Brendan said in the beginning of this podcast, and I've got, I wanted to push back on this, something about the play. I'm, I'm going to botch this and I, I don't want to put words in Brendan's mouth, but something to the effect of that. He didn't feel like the players looked like they were, you know, that into the game or whatever. I, I wholeheartedly disagree when it comes to Dale and Hayes, that guy was a one man wrecking crew today. And and by the way, Kyle Hamilton looked like he straight wanted to murder somebody on that two point. Yes, drive. he did. So, yeah. um, I, I saw a I lot of, I saw a lot of, yeah, I saw a lot of good effort from, from some defensive guys. Um, De- defense. When I said that, I said it with the caveat offensively. The defense. This was Dalen Hayes, the best game of his Notre Dame career. I think that we can all say that 
unequivocally two sacks, two set, to, you know, two tackles for losses, five tackles, two forced fumbles. But he was also going he up against had another tackle for loss, and he 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 caused the tackle for loss because he went high and the the receiver ducked underneath him, and then the guy got blown up in the backfield. Uh, Dalen Hayes had himself a game. So, I thought he I thought, was playing with an intensity that looked that looked like if he brings that next week, I'm I'm going to be very glad. You know, well look, it's like, it's like anything, right? Like if, if you go out there and play a pickup game of basketball, right, and just all of a sudden you're like you're draining, like you can't miss, right? Or you know you get a couple block shots. I'm like, or these sudden, guys can't feel, block me, right? These guys right, can't right, block right. me. Like, it's yeah. just like, hey, like you're feeling it. And yeah. so, you know, again, I, I, I kind of interrupted a little bit, but, uh, you know, Hayes was going up against a freshman today. He should have, he should have done the thing. He should have done the thing and he did the thing. Uh, yeah. but it was his body language out there was, was good to see because he was into it. He was definitely, he was out there feeling it. He was hitting the, he was hitting the open three, you know what I mean? So, and, and that's good. That's it. It's not a bad thing to walk into a huge game. It's not a bad thing to be ascending out. the week before your biggest game. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. I'm, I'm fully in favor. Yeah. yeah. So, so this Notre Dame, I think if I'm right, I think this Notre Dame defense, just the defense itself, not Notre Dame, the team, but the defense has only given up like four and a half points a game. Is that wow. Is it really that low? Yeah. I, I, it's wow. like, I don't know if it's four and a half. Maybe that had to do. Maybe that someone put out tweeted out a number. It, I if we're, uh, I, I mean, think it, I think the only way that that could work is if you were putting in the caveat of turnovers because Florida State had ten points off of turnovers. I think maybe that was. I think that was in it. And I okay. And I'll still grant it. I mean, so I know these are some huge caveats there, but at any rate, we're we're seeing what. I, I don't care if the number is four and a half or if it's nine and a half. Uh, which is what their actual team number was going into this game was nine and a half points a game. It's fucking excellent. And again, I will, I, I this is going to be the week where I think I just absolutely go fucking insane because you're going to have people like Mark Sanchez or whoever the shit talk about these, this big win coming from Clemson. And they're talking about a lot of points, even our own, you know, our own fan base for talking about after the Louisville game. Oh, Clemson's going to score 80 on us. Why? Why would you think that? That's that's not what I'm seeing out there. I've seen the offense struggle, yes, here and there, but the defense, uh, I'm not picking that up. I see some real fucking players out there. It, uh, I mean, and they really haven't been tested big game wise too. Like like an Isaiah Foskey, right? Like he's still kind of flying under the radar in a way for like non Notre Dame people. But this matchup coming up. Foskey might be huge. He's got three uh, and a half sacks on limited, uh, yeah. limited snaps. Right. But I'm saying, but he's flying on the, he's not a name that anyone brings up outside of the Notre Dame, uh, you know, bubble, you know, when you're talking about these things. So here's a guy who going to this, you know, up a big game, you're going to need to get some pressure on our freshman quarterback. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I am like, I'm borderline like in love with this defense number, you know, they play nasty. They, they do play. They do play very physical. Uh, I didn't mind Drew white's penalty today. Uh, just, he's being aggressive uh, and I will take aggressive defenders over just some guy out there standing around. 
so I think this is a huge, I, I think this is the number one thing going into the next week's game. I think the, the Notre Dame's defense is absolutely huge going into this. And it's the one thing that's going to be constantly overlooked. It's going to be all about Ian book and what he can do. And, and DJU and Travis Etienne, and that's going to be it. They're not going to talk about uh, the fact that Clemson's missing some defensive starters and really hasn't looked that great in a lot, you know, a lot of times this year. Especially running the football. Yeah, where Notre Dame has been fucking stout. Uh, so, and again, I keep saying, uh, according to sources, I am told that defense wins championships. <laughs> well, don't tell Nick Saban that because Nick Saban came out this week and said that defense does not win championships. <laughs> well, he's got a better PR person than I do. So, so I would, I, I would like to bring up something that, um, irked me tonight. And, and, and I was wondering if it irked me because there's a part of me that thinks maybe it's true and it's, Fucking John Feinstein and forgive me for, for giving this guy time and space or whatever, but he says, talk about luck of the Irish. They get to play an ACC schedule, one mediocre, mediocre or bad team after another, plus scary flat South Florida. And the one game that's losable, the best player in the country won't be playing for the opponent. Okay. I don't care about the Clemson part, but I do care about the first part of the thing. Is it possible? Just possible. The Notre Dame looks good because they're beating up on really, really bad teams. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's I, that there's a great I reckoning to come next week because of that. No. I don't know. No. Okay. No. Because it's not like they're winning. I mean, yes, the Louisville game, the Louisville game has all sorts of caveats to it. And plus the fact that it's college football and just sometimes a game, you just don't play that great, but you still won. But they're beating teams pretty handily. Their is lights out. They're not, you know, and some a lot of these, these screw ups by Notre Dame themselves. Like they're like shooting themselves in the foot more times than they're getting beat. They're physically, athletically far superior than the teams that they've been playing. And how are you going to fault them for that? I mean, Jude, did you I, fi- look, were you I playing, have the, Jude, you I have the perfect, uh, I have the perfect foil to your question and you're okay. going to love this one because of who I'm going to use for it. Do you okay. know who else has played some pretty mediocre teams this season? The North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> they played some pretty mediocre teams this season, and they ate an L against Florida State. They're probably they're in the midst of uh, they've they've come back a little bit, but it looks like they're probably going to eat an L to one in four Virginia tonight. It's hard to win football games, even if it's mediocre opponents. Win- to go six winning and is hard. Well, not even the winning is hard thing, but like how many six and O teams are there? We watched Oklahoma state drop today, right? To Texas and OT. Um, There's not a ton of years we can make these kind of statements. There's no interconference play. You know, there's no, you know, you know, big 10, big 12 showdown game. I mean, it's really hard to compare these teams and like a team, like in it, you know, if you're playing 10 or 11 games and you got four or five losses, like, Okay, how bad are they? I mean, they could. So there's no part of you that thinks that the Notre Dame gets outclassed and run off the field next week. No, we'll get into Clemson week, but Clemson. Yeah. If if Notre Dame is going to get run off the field against Clemson, it'll be in December. 
not the skeletal squad that Clemson's shoving out there because they're going to be down maybe four starters on defense on top of Trevor Lawrence. So, no, I, I don't think that next week uh, in well, and besides that, I just don't. I just I know I just I don't know. I don't this think Notre Dame is going to get housed. I don't. Yeah, this defense is with that defense. You're not going to get housed. Now it could. And now, the way the they, offense plays is they, they can still absolutely points. lose. There's there's still a really good chance that Notre Dame right. loses the game. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm not talking about losing. I'm talking, I'm like talking a, about Michigan. What the hell was that? No, you know? No, 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 no. No. Okay. Well, and, and, and Kelly has what's laid the, the groundwork. What's the weather forecast? Is it raining? <laughs> Kelly has laid the ground has laid the groundwork for this game now for at least two weeks and probably more. I mean, we, we all we all know that that Clemson has been talked about with that team. So this isn't. I think you know maybe some of that has to do with with the Michigan game last year. But no, I don't think there's any way they get like straight housed in this game. So- Somebody in the review said I was the downer of the podcast, and I, I yes. just now just now clicked with me that I that that that, that person was probably speaking the truth because I'm always like the what if I mean I was way down on Notre Dame going into Georgia last year I didn't think they were going to be able to compete with them and obviously they proved me wrong you know that was a I just much better I, game I, than I, I thought it was but we got to win I, these games see, that's the with this defense I don't I just don't see how I just don't see how that's possible. Do you know why Notre Dame doesn't normally get blown out in games like this? Miami game and Michigan game was standing. It's because one thing that Notre Dame is exceptionally good at, it's limiting big plays and then just limiting the other team having possessions. So there's really not an opportunity like Georgia game or, you know, the, even the Clemson game in 2018 in the playoffs, they just, they don't give up big plays. So right. it's tough for a team to, to house you when you don't, you don't give up big plays. Cause that's how these scores get crooked is, uh, you know, a, pl- a play that takes 45 seconds, you know, or a, dr- a 45 second drive. And then you get the ball back and Notre Dame Clark Lee just, and even going back to Elko, it's just, it, those big, those big plays aren't what happened. And every time Notre Dame gets hit for one, I, I get a little bit surprised and almost a little bit irked because I'm like, wait a minute, this shouldn't be happening. Okay. Both those games you mentioned too, Michigan, Miami, those are games on the road. Uh, and I just, and I just, this team is different. Like yeah. this, this team's different. I, I, I know the offense is struggling, but there seems to be like a, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is, maybe I'm just, I'm, Maybe I'm making something out more out of something out of nothing, but there just seems to be more confidence even when they're fucking up than what they've had. Like I don't know if that's because Chip Long's not there dragging them down to the ground about it, uh, yeah. but they just they seem pretty calm and cool about what's happening. Uh, I mean, I'd like to light a fire up their ass sometimes, but I mean, if it's not affecting them and the way they play, you know, when there's you know like like the Kyron Williams fumbles, they just kind of move on. Uh, and I I distinctly remember in the chip long conversation after he was let go was about how chip long was someone who, who couldn't let anything go. Like it was like, like the week after the Michigan, the, the Virginia tech week, he was still like going ape shit about Michigan. Like, look, that's cool for fans and media, but as a coaches <laughs> and players, you've got to move the fuck on short memory. Yeah. Yeah. Short and memory. we saw, and you know, we saw how that, how that affected the team. The next, I mean, they played like shit against Virginia tech. 
you know, and just lucky that they were able to get out of that. They, but then they did that and then they went on a tear. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I have a lot of conf, I have a lot of confidence in this team to play well when needed. And I think this, I think with Clemson, I think, I think they're up. I mean, I think they're absolutely up for this. It is just a, it is an absolute, it is an absolute shame, you know, not because of college football, <laughs> obviously for many re- reasons, but because of COVID, we, you don't get that atmosphere. I think Notre Dame fans really need to prove themselves. And I think, I think fans wanted to redeem themselves for the Georgia sure. game in 2017. I mean, I mean, just as a fan base, I think there's some redemption that, that they need that they can't get this year. And this game provided would have provided that opportunity. Uh, and, and that Trevor Lawrence isn't involved in the game. I mean, I know, look, if everyone's being honest, when you saw that that he caught COVID, and when you saw that today that he was for sure not going to play, the, your first thoughts are like this game got easier. Look at the Vegas yeah. lines. Yeah. And, and and I get that. And I am not look. I am not saying anything about I won't count this win because of fudging or or whatever the fuck is going on. Because uh, it's still Clemson, the number one team in the country. I don't give a shit. You're still going against a five star quarterback. Uh, I think all that's nonsense, but at the same time, but I still wanted iconic vision. I this game like the, you know, I keep comparing this game to the Oh five USC game. And what would the Oh five USC game been without Matt liner? You probably, maybe a quarterback out there. You didn't want to punch in the face, but <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, as a college football fan, first and foremost, that's, it's extremely disappointing that he won't be involved in this because not only is it just for that, but also for Notre Dame. Like, I don't want anyone to cheat. If they beat Clemson, I don't want anyone to cheapen what they did because as as much as they've harped on Brian Kelly and Notre Dame, they're our own fans in the media about, you know, not winning these big games. And then now you have like this ultimate caveat, right? You have this ultimate, it's not, you know, a, a starting defensive lineman. It's not a starting yeah. linebacker. It's fucking Trevor Lawrence, the best player in college football. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like, all right, so you need the best, you need the best college football player in the country to beat us. You know what Did, I mean? Like, I guess do I, Oregon I, State I fans have to like apologize that. because Matt Lavecchio was the starter in the Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, no shit. I mean, come on. I mean, just I don't know. But it, it's just it's, it's, a sh- a it's a shame that that's gonna be involved in the conversation. Alabama won a national title when Colt McCoy was hurt on the first drive of the football game. And no one in America talks about that. People look at that differently and rightfully, and I think rightfully so, because they knocked him out of the game. You know, it's different if they they go out in the game, but for this, we're, you know, it's a totally different situation. I think half the population thinks it's a fake. Anyway, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about it a ton. But I, I I think that maybe you and you and I are going to say the same thing about this, which is I think this is incredibly overblown because I think there's a a greater than nothing chance that these two teams meet in December and Trevor Lawrence is part of the the squad right. again. So it's like, yep. it, you know, right. we don't have to, we don't have to sit here and wonder about how it possibly could have gone with Trevor Lawrence. Like we might get to see that. So. I'm going to take the win if it's a win anyway we can get it and if they lose without Trevor Lawrence then it you know I hope that they don't lose their resolve in, in trying to beat him a second time with Lawrence you know so here's what, here's what you get here's what you get and just for anyone else out there that thinks that that 
the win would be somehow lessened or cheapened. And again, I'm still speaking from Look, a, from our team a will be seven and zero, and possibly like one or two in the country. Right. Well, At that point, number, you yeah, just beat, be you, you just beat the, there's no way Clemson's not number one this week. There's, there's no way they're going to slide them down. I just, this is not going to happen. You just beat the number one team in the country on your field. End of story. Yep. I mean, what if they were, it's still a huge, if they were number five, it's still a big ass win. If they were number eight. I mean, how many it, narratives it, get wiped off the, how many get wiped off the ledger if Notre Dame wins this game? And you oh, can't oh, put an asterisk. Yeah. All of every narrative gets wiped off. Everyone. Well, every, not every, every narrative. Big game. Not every narrative. Every narrative gets wiped off other than, I guess, national title. That's uh, the only one can't win, can't win a big bowl game doesn't get wiped off. <laughs> can't win on the road. Big game on the road. Right. Uh, so road game, game, bowl game. Uh, there's still plenty what of narratives. What are you talking about? Camping World, Camping World Bowl? Come on, Jude. <laughs> Against an unranked Iowa State team that finished the season, <laughs> what, 8-5? <eight> and five? <laughs> That Pete Samson picked to beat up. Beat, oh, he didn't uh, even finish 8-5. No he was like 7-6, and six, right? He didn't even get his Ocho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I. So, I, yeah, I have these conflicting feelings of, of one, I'm just, I'm very sad that this isn't like the normal, like me getting to the parking lot and getting uh, very sideways drunk before I get up to the press box and leaving the press box at halftime. So I can go like rub elbows with fans and, and have that fun during like a top. I mean, I'd, like we'll do that with USC, or like victory beers at ba- pole three, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is like, this is a USC game to me. And that's how I'm treating this game this week, by the way. Like if I could come up with a fucking rivalry trophy for this week, like maybe Brendan, that's your assignment. Come up with a rivalry trophy. I'll have one. That's it looks I, like, that, it looks like Matt Leinard's gangly body, uh, being pushed into the end zone. I don't know. Are we just, a, I don't know. Maybe a hurricane heckening back to the uh, 2015 game. It looks like Cleveland Gary fumbling on the one. No, this is the bring your own guts game, man. Do you remember oh, you Dabo go. bring your own guts? This is the guts right. game. This is, this is yeah, the this guts is, game. This, this is the BYOG trophy. Yeah. So I mean, fitting for like Halloween weekend, which is great um, because Nickelodeon used to have a show named guts. So the logos are, the uh, logo already it? made itself. Guts. Yeah. It's going to be, it's oh. going to be Mo. It's going to be Mo with her microphone and her fake British accent, because I don't know if you guys knew, but um, on the hit Nickelodeon show Guts, Mo is not British. That was a <laughs> fake accent. Oh, that's horrible. I don't know that 11 year old me ever considered the the uh, accent of the uh, the host of Guts. But well, she wasn't the she wasn't. Michael Malley was the host. I, but I Mo was uh, that's a fake British accent. Speaking of the British. <laughs> did you guys catch that? Jude, did you catch that DM? Listen, no. come hell or high, come hell or high water before the end of the year. I am going to be a Scottish Lord. I saw that. And, and I was we'll very be able to, I, I never knew that existed. And I said something to my wife and she's like, Oh, you're going to do the fucking the Scott Disick thing. Yeah. I'm my like, wife said it's the Lord Disick. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm absolutely going to do that. The, person who has all these fucking titles, I'm going to make that shit official. That's going on my driver's license. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I asked for it for Christmas. My mother-in-law, I, people ask me, what do you want for your birthday or Christmas? And I have no fucking idea. I say nothing, whatever. 
I don't want to talk about it. Just get something for don't get. But so the one time I said, Hey, uh, my wife was on the phone, with my mother-in-law I said, Hey, uh, are you, uh, did you get him anything for Christmas yet? And my mother-in-law was like, no, is there something you want? I'm like, as a matter of fact, you can, <laughs> you can make me a Lord of Scotland. And my wife was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I'm like, you could be a lady. I'm like, you watch Outlander. I mean, we've talked about that before on the show. I'm a laird. I could be a laird. So anyway, I don't know if you want to be a lady reminds, in Outlander. Just, just, just as a, as a, um, as an aside, I don't think you want to be a woman in Outlander. No, no, no. You'll definitely get raped. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do not think that <laughs> that's a doubt. Do not want. Um, this reminds me of raped? the time that I was talking with a coworker about how how I think it's a total waste of money to uh, have somebody have a star named after them, and I think it's like the biggest scam going. Not the biggest scam going, but one of the one of the one of the stupider scams. And I saw this like crestfallen look on one of my co-workers faces i'm like I got oh, one, no, you got one didn't you and she's like i it was in memory of a of a of a lost sister and i was See, like but oh, you can't travel fudge. you can't travel to that star i can yeah, literally that's, and, that's what i'm saying and aberdeen and aberdeen scotland is actually like the vols family name like where we that comes from is from fucking aberdeen like, it's like when I, uh, I, when when Len used to promote that uh, whatever that certificate for his for, for the first Notre Dame game, like why do you need to why do you need to log your first Notre Dame game with with other people and pay money for that privilege? Like it d- didn't make any sense to me, you know. So, so. there's so there's spots are like it's like uh, like you can get up to like 10, 10 square feet. It's like a five by two plot. So like I can literally travel there and go to my land. Like it'd be I and, have, and if uh, I ever do. I have I'm land on uh, Main Two. Uh, Cards Against Humanity had a uh, Christmas promotion <laughs> uh, like six, seven, six or seven years ago, and I, I I own one square foot of island, and I'm I'm a lord of like Main Two or something from Cards Against Humanity from like almost a decade ago. Uh, I haven't made the sojourn. Um, I don't think I will, but uh, it's nice to know I can. I just I, I it's in the cards for me. It's gonna happen, and then no one's gonna not hear about it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking. Uh, I'll be purchasing kilts. Uh, I will be commissioning a portrait of me in a kilt, uh, looking fierce on a battlefield. Uh, it's going down. It's it's fucking. You know, some people in their forties go they go and buy like a Porsche. Uh, I'm gonna become a lord and get a fucking portrait done. I can't wait to see this portrait commissioned with you and Bo Bow Bowauer. Uh, oh, nice! Looking, looking quite majestic. Most, like, and most likely, royal. Brendan, it's probably going to be me uh, asking you to do to mock one up because my wife's you know going to be so pissed off at me about all this. She's not going to let me spend a fucking dime. <laughs> you, have uh, you ever seen? Have you ever seen a uh, Noblified? The website Noblified, where like you take a classic painting and then you take a picture of yourself yes, and, the, and yes. then they like put you into that painting or whatever. Yeah, see, oh, I, I asked for one of those. You just asked me. My I'll wife wanted to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll yeah. do it for you. Well, what are the? Uh, we can get you a can. If you get lordship, we can get you a can. I can go. To, I can. I can uh, Photoshop you. I can just get a, a canvas print at Meyer. I'll have it shipped to your house for Christmas. Uh, your <laughs> wife will be ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> just like I got the perfect oh spot God. in the house to put, to put that the up. The only problem is I would also include the Photoshop I made <laughs> of your wife um, 
selling holy water like it was heroin. (laughs) (laughs) And then you might get in trouble. (laughs) She's in the back. Dipping, (laughs) dipping in. Hey, uh, hey, hey, doing a quick line of holy water. You got some of that good ass holy water? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take some of that. Uh, This this isn't that that cheap bishop shit. We're talking archdiocesan. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't that diocese shit. This is that archdiocesan shit. Oh, that that bottle's red. That's from a cardinal. That's from a cardinal, yo. Um, I'm watching uh, Pete Warner from Ohio State ripping shit up here, and I'm thinking to myself, man, it'd be nice to have him. It'd be really super nice. You know what was funny was how bad he was that uh, what was that two years ago when Ohio State was getting run over, like that Purdue game. Pete Warner yeah. just getting annihilated, uh, and then you're thinking, okay, maybe he dodged a bullet a little bit there, but yeah, yeah we did, we did no. not dodge a bullet. Not, <laughs> but, not, you know, not so much. I am in a position right now where I am in. I am not going to complain about any of our linebackers, uh, as long well, as it's uh, Jack Bo and uh, Jack Kaiser. Can we can we complain about Maris Lewis? You mentioned that Jack Kaiser had a good game, making right? the world's worst yes. tackle and getting himself ejected from the the first half of the next. You know game. that was the second time today. Was that because it was Xavier Thomas did the same thing? Xavier Thomas had the worst tackle exa- today. He got like, what, oh, is yeah, Day, what is up with Notre Dame Clemson? Yeah, the fumble returns for touchdowns today. Then you have these ejections for stupid like I'm right here, but I'm gonna jump in the air and like. I'll tell you what, like they, we would have you know rioted if, if Heinish had gotten kicked out, though, because that was that oh, one yeah. wasn't that was that uh, one wasn't that legit. Wasn't happen. There's no way yeah. you I get him for that. I do appreciate the fact, you know, Kyron to Travis Etienne, you know, that's a little bit complimentary of a little bit of uh, Kyron. Um, but that Maris Leofau to uh, Xavier Thomas comparison, that is spot on. Their impact is probably one to one on the ratio scale, right? I think uh, – <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, it's just a. Uh, well, boy, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be missing our XT next week. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, second best Clemson oh. defender missing the uh, uh, the first half of the game while their best I mean, defender. It, to, to be honest uh, with you, I took the news just like I took the news that the uh, that was a Dexter Lawrence and who was the other guy that was going to sit out for the Cotton Bowl because of the the drug screening, right? Oh it yeah. Was just like, it's like, so you're telling me there's a chance and then you get in the game and you realize they have backups that are very good. Very good. But yeah, they were very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them was uh, Xavier Thompson. So, all right, let's start to, I mean, we, I mean, we're talking about lordships here. We were just all the way into Clemson. Let's get into some final thoughts. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Jude, uh, what do you what do you want to what do you want to finish with? What do you got left in the tank? I just you know I continue I, I just I just want to say whatever happens next week I've enjoyed these six weeks I've enjoyed winning I've enjoyed setting a new uh, record for most wins against uh, most consecutive wins against unranked teams I think the thing that was so frustrating about watching being a I don't want to say long suffering Notre Dame fan because I, I haven't really suffered that long but being a fan during the, the Davy Weiss Willingham years is like teams that they should have beat. They, they found a way to lose those games. And now they just like, it's not a thing anymore. And, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful. I get to sit down on Saturdays and watch my team play. And even if they beat up on a a team that they should be beat up on, like it's fun to watch. It's, it's enjoyable. And yeah, there's, there's problems with this team. I understand. I understand. We've talked about them. 
ad nauseum probably. And I'm not, I'm still not confident they're going to win next week, but I'm going to, I just, I feel more, I feel closer to feeling good about this game than I felt in a really long time. And part of it's the personnel that's going to be missing, but also part of it's just what I saw on the field today and last week. Okay. I'm there. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. Brendan, what do you got? Well, it looks like uh, right now Virginia is taking these to, to win the football game. Um, so Notre Dame controls entirely their own destiny, regardless of the outcome of the Clemson game this weekend. So it's going to be an instance where Notre Dame Clemson is going to happen twice this year. Um, Miami can't sneak back in here. I, yeah. yeah, I think Miami can because they're they're four and one. So if Miami runs the table, if Notre Dame were to to, to drop a game at some somewhere along the way, um, I think that they could get in there. But it, it would just be Miami would be the only one if they don't drop one. But it's, yeah, I, I don't. Miami hasn't looked great, but looking at the standings, which is a thing that we do now. Um, the news of Trevor Lawrence, and there were some people when they were looking at it and, and I saw a lot of people talking about like, Oh, we want uh, Clemson needs to win this game. And there were a lot of people who were, um, you know, hand wringing about Clemson winning the game. We didn't want Clemson to win against Boston college because if Clemson would have lost to Boston college, Notre Dame beating them would have essentially kicked Clemson out of the potential of playing in the ACC championship game. So, the one thing that I take away is with DJU and with Trevor Lawrence, DJU is probably going. I mean, I remember 2017 being excited that Jake Fromm was going to start that football game, right? <laughs> we all we all did over uh, yeah. Beast. Um, that didn't end up going particularly didn't, didn't well. Go so hot. No. So, Although for um, a long time it was Jake Fromm's worst outing as a starting quarterback, so yeah, it because he was just so gosh darn good after that. So, <laughs> so efficient. <laughs> putting the cart before the horse. Never root for opponents to win football games. Always root for them to lose football games. Um, <laughs> always wish the the worst. Always right, wish the worst. Never want. I never wanted team's best shot. The fact that Trevor Lawrence isn't playing. Good. The fact that they're that Xavier Watts isn't playing the first half. Good. The fact that their star, their best linebacker isn't playing in this football game. Good. The, 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 the fewer Clemson players that play in this football game. Good. Because there will be no apologies for a win because um, to borrow from the, the loser Ben Bo Schembecker, a win is a win is a win. So I just want to beat Clemson at this point. I don't care if they're rolling out their fourth string. I just want to beat Clemson and I just want to move on with the season. And I want to go to the ACC title game with a, with a shot to do it. And um, my takeaway from this weekend is never root for anything other than Notre Dame winning against in whatever it takes for them to win. And that usually means their best players not playing, which that's good news for us, right? Luck of the Irish. Absolutely. Look, every, I think so. Yeah, there's a long history of of teams getting lucky at the right time um, and and having things bounce in their favor. You know, so who cares? Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 right. with you, Brendan. 100 with you. All right. So my last thought here, real simple, and I've already stated it tonight. This is rivalry week. 
there's no other ways around it. I'm done. I'm absolutely done talking about Georgia tech. They got the win. We're done. Cool. It's Clemson week. Now we can, we can dive right into it. And so we might as well dive in full go. This isn't a regular season. We don't have USC on the schedule. Uh, you know, it, there's, there's no legit teams. Boston college does not count that we, you know, that we can call rivals. Pittsburgh was kind of a rivalry. I suppose you play them 75 times, but this is it. This is the big one. So you might as well treat it like as such. And so dive, dive all in, have as much fun as you can possibly get this week. This is a, a huge treat. Uh, it, the lead up is always, is almost always better than the actual game itself. Uh, there's few exceptions to that. Um, and if it is better than the lead up then we're in for a real fucking treat. Uh, mm. so that's a good thing to think about. Uh, and that's it for me. We're, we're going to dive into this, uh, this week and, and have all sorts of good fun. Check out the site, listen to this podcast, let everybody, uh, know where to listen to the, the greatest, uh, podcast out there for Notre Dame football and that's one foot down podcast uh please leave a rating review over on uh, apple podcast and that's it that's all i got i i am i am ready i am done i i have earned my government go. salary tonight go vote and uh, if you haven't already yeah, go vote go vote yep go vote so for all of us here on the pod go irish <laughs>